Psalm 100 verse number 1 Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands Serve the Lord with gladness Come before His presence with singing Know ye that the Lord He is God It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves We are His people and the sheep of His pasture Enter into His gates with thanksgiving And into His courts with praise Be thankful unto Him And bless His name For the Lord is good His mercy is everlasting and His truth endureth to all generations. The Bible says, make a joyful noise. I'm not even preaching yet, but I need to preach for just a second. It is not a burden to praise the Lord. It is not an inconvenience to praise the Lord. In fact, it's a joy to make Praise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise. Why don't we do that right now? How about some redeemed folks that are willing to say, I, I'm not saying today that everything is alright in my life. I'm not saying today that everything is peachy. Everything is going perfectly. But I am willing to stand and say, He has redeemed me. He has taken me up. He's pulled me up out of the miry clay. He's set my feet on our solid rock. He put a song in my heart and I just feel like the redeemed of the Lord can say so. In uh, New River, North Carolina, there is a Marine Air Force Base. Uh, Marine, I can't remember what it's called, Marine Corps Air Station in New River, North Carolina where they have lots of planes taking off and landing. And Brother Frankie, they make lots of noise. And they've got a big sign out in front of that base that reads, Pardon our noise. It's the sound of freedom. Hey, for just a little bit today, I want to preach. I I just want to preach together. Pardon the noise. It's the sound of freedom. Excuse me if I have to just take a moment and lift up some praise unto my God. But you don't know like I know what He has done for me. Will you one more time clap your hands unto the Lord and shout unto Him with a voice of triumph. Go ahead and lift your voice unto the Lord. You can be seated today. Uh, I, I am not going to preach very long. I would like to just say, man, it's good to see some folks I haven't seen in a while. Cowboy Billy, it's good to see you, sir. This church loves you. Good to see you. And I, I'm not going to go around the room and, and point out folks, but uh, we're glad that you are here today. I'm glad you're here today. Look at somebody. Tell them, I'm glad you're here today. Look at somebody else. Tell them you too. Um, the, the, the church, I know I've told this story before, uh, but, but I, I, I was teaching this kid who had been kicked out of school. He'd been expelled for whatever reason. In fact, he wouldn't even tell me what he did, uh, to get kicked out of school. But I, I got, uh, a range where I was teaching him after school and, uh, I mean, he was, he was rough, and, and if, you, if, you, uh, if you knew his, his family history, Brother John, it was, 
uh, ask me later sometime. It was, it was an absolute mess. Uh, he had just moved back from West Virginia, from Florida, where he was in alternative school in Florida. He moved back to West Virginia to live with his dad because his dad had just gotten out of prison and uh, he was going to be able to live with his dad. But he's, I, I don't need to go any further down that road because then it gets really complicated after that. But uh, uh, his, his name was Derek, and he was a likable guy. He was ornery as could be. Came, came one day, uh, he and, and another guy, I was teaching both of them, and they both came smelling like weed one day. And I said, man, they were have, that was the most fun they ever had in class, I'll tell you that. They were, they were just, they were smiling, they were laughing, and here we are in the middle of the library, and, and I said, guys, I think it'd be a good idea if y'all maybe just went home, and don't come back like this again. Okay, Mr. Smith, we'll go. Uh, so that's just the kind of, of folks that, 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 that he was, and, and uh, I invited him to church, and told him I was a, a minister, and would love for him to come to church, and he, he looked at me and said, uh, well, Mr. Smales, I'll tell you. Uh, I, church just isn't for me. I'm not into that. And I said, well, why is that, Derek? Come on. He said, well, church is boring, but I don't think God intended it that way. And I got a revelation from a young man. He said, I, I, church is boring, but I don't think God meant it that way. I, I got a revelation, and that is that if we're really doing church the way that God intends for us to do church, we will not be boring. One man said, somebody, somebody handed him a card and said, you're saved, congratulations. He said, I felt like uh, I had just apparently met the creator of the universe and it was as bland as meeting a librarian. I'm going to tell you, whenever you come into, the contact, the, into contact with the true and living God, it's not boring, it's not humdrum, there's something that happens in the atmosphere that you can... T- hey. There's something else here. We're not just a club. We're not just a get-together. But there is a power in the atmosphere. And it just makes me want to shout. Amen. The Bible says, Sing aloud unto our God, the God of our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. That's Psalm 81. Psalm 95 says, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise unto the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. Psalm 98 verse 4, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing in His presence. And of course, we already read Psalm 100, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I hope you get the picture today. I'm going to preach about, there's some noise ought to happen in our midst. If it is is your first time here today, uh, I humbly ask you to please pardon the noise because it's the sound of freedom. I praise God because He set me free. I hope I'm full. I'm in a in a building full of people who say I praise Him not because I have to, not because the preacher says I need to, but because I love Him. Jesus said that there is a there is coming a day, and it now is where true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. What's that mean? It means there's something on the inside that cries out that says I want to worship Him. And he said, the day is even now. Somebody say, worship now. Praise now. 
because of what he has done. I, I, I have a few little points here. Uh, I, I hope will bless you. Uh, but praise is about declaration and celebration. When we praise Him, we are declaring and celebrating what He has done, what He is doing, and what He is doing, what's go- what He's going to do in the future. Uh, it's a declaration and a celebration. Uh, there, there's many instances of praise in the Bible, but I'll, I'll tell you where the first instance of music was in all the Scripture. Uh, the first, we, we would call it a worship service, a praise service. The first praise service in all of Scripture, Brother Pat, is found uh, in the book of Exodus, chapter number 15. Moses wrote a song, and Moses began to sing this song, and he starts to talk about how they had just come out of Egypt how they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, how the Red Sea swallowed up Pharaoh and all of his army, and after they got through all that mess and all their past was behind them, Moses got out his pen, and he began to write about what God had done in the past. You know, when we begin to think about what God has done in our past, we can get excited about that. There's a reason to sing. There's a reason to rejoice. There's a reason to praise because of what my God has done. In fact, it is in that section of Scripture, Moses finishes his song, and Miriam picks up a tambourine. Don't y'all get nervous. But I picked. A, he picks up, she picks up a tambourine. And I know there's folks that don't like tambourines. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not too hot about it myself. It's got this kind of piercing noise. Uh, and I don't want it to be a distraction from the preaching. And, I, and if there's some of you folks that, 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 that aren't real big on tambourines, you wouldn't like Miriam's first worship service because it says she took the tambourine and she began to sing and she began to dance before the Lord. So I, if you don't like a tambourine this morning, please pardon the noise. It's the sound of free. Woo! They come through the water and they were baptized in the water and the cloud, and there was something on the inside of it. I just need to make some noise unto my God. I, I, I don't know about anybody else. It's been 20 plus years since I was baptized in Jesus' name, but every time I think about it, I still get happy on the inside. I wonder, can the redeemed of the Lord say so? Whom He's redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. That He destroyed your past. He washed it all away. And you can walk before Him in the newness of life. Pardon the noise. It's the sound of freedom. So declaration, the praise is about declaration. It's celebration of past, present, and future. Praise is also about submission. Now... You're not going to shout on this for a minute, but I want to talk to you. Because our praise, our lifting up our praise to God, determines what we are submitted to. And I'm going to give you four points. We can be, we can choose to be submitted to the commandment of God to praise, or we can choose to be submitted to circumstance. In other words... If my day isn't going good, I'm not going to praise Him. If, if, if somebody kicked your dog this morning, if you got in a fight with Mama on the way to church this morning, 
Well, I, I, I just didn't have a very good week this week. Well, then you submitted yourself to circumstance instead of submitting yourself to the one who... You know what, Brother Pat? Whether my bank account is full or empty, he's still good. Brother Kevin, when you showed up at work on Monday, if the boss said, Oh, it's great to have Kevin Polly here today. I, we're so glad you're part of our company. Brother Kevin, we want you to start off the day with a 30-minute break. Go get you a cup of coffee. Uh, in fact, we're going to give you a raise. We're going we're to take care of you. Thank you so much for, for being such a great employee. You're employee of the month. You're employee of the year. You're employee of the decade. We love you so very much. We, we're just thankful. And, and, and you can come to church on Sunday. Man, it's been a great week. But when you show up the next Monday, and they, they, hey, you're five minutes late, and, and you got this stuff to do, and, 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 the, and the bosses had, had thumbtacks for breakfast, and he's in a bad mood, and, and he's grouching at you and he's hollering at you and all the guys are on the CB saying foul stuff and you're just having a... You know what? God's still good. He's still worthy of praise. It doesn't matter if you signed that big contract or not. God's good whether you signed it or whether you... God's good. So am I going to submit myself to circumstance or am I going to submit myself to a commandment of praise unto the Lord? We can be submitted to surroundings and people. This, this lady comes into the presence of Jesus. And her name was Mary. And she had a checkered past. And all the scribes and the Pharisees, they looked around and they saw her come into that, that supper. And she had this little box, this probably a, a jar of some kind of ointment, very, very precious ointment. And she came there to pour out adoration on Jesus and all the other voices brother tech said she shouldn't be here she she doesn't belong here she shouldn't be in our company you know we need to decide that it's not about whether we're worthy to praise him he's always worthy of praise it's not about whether I'm maybe you did mess up this week Maybe you did do some stuff you shouldn't have done this week. Maybe you looked at some stuff you shouldn't have, said some words that you shouldn't have. Maybe you treated folks the way that you shouldn't have. That doesn't make Him less worthy. So how about let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. I'm not going to base my praise on how good I've been. I'm going to base my praise on how good He has been. But those folks were saying... Hey, she shouldn't even be here. She shouldn't be in this service. She shouldn't be. She, and, and she could have heard their voices and walked away and taken her little box of praise with her. But she made up in her mind, I may not be worthy and they may not understand it, but I'm going to pour out my praise on Him. And folks that have an attitude like that, Jesus says, you know what, I remember them. I re- I'm going to remember that I don't want to be submitted to my surroundings and what other people think. And if you today, I don't want to meddle, but I'll just have fun. If you're sitting with somebody today that, that, that's so quiet they can hear a rat eating ice. If you're, if you're sitting beside somebody today, oh, forgive me. But if you're sitting beside somebody today that's on their Mount Rushmore impersonation and that... You don't have to fit their mold. Just, just give them a little nudge and say, pardon the noise, but it's the sound of freedom. 
Is this Pastor Appreciation Sunday? Okay. Please appreciate me whenever, I, whenever this is over with. But Lord, help us to be delivered from what everybody else in the room thinks. He's been so good to me. I cannot tell it all. And there are voices and there's, there's people that don't want you to give praise to God, but they're going to hold you back from whatever God has for you. Blind Bartimaeus sat beside the road and he heard something because he couldn't see it. He heard something. What is that? Jesus is passing by. Jesus is passing by. And whenever he realized it, it says, and ran after Jesus and cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He... Do you know what he was doing there beside the road? He was begging. And I think something in him said, i got to take off this beggar's garment and I'm going to become the garment of a worshiper. And if I'll follow after him, I won't have to wear this beggar's garment anymore. He's going to change my identity. Your identity does not determine his worthiness. They said, shh, be quiet, be quiet. The master's busy, shh, be quiet, just sit there. But it says he cried out even the more. Jesus, thou son of David, do not pass me by. I want to preach to somebody today and tell you Jesus is near. Don't let him pass by without lifting your voice and reaching out for him. But he never traveled that way again. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Don't ever miss an opportunity to praise the Lord. Don't ever miss an opportunity. Man, he cast that garment off. I'm not a beggar anymore. That's not my identity. Because I'm going to the source. Man, Brother Pat, I I wanted to preach your message so bad after you got done. Because I'd never seen this before. That, That young man left the father's house spent all he had, and it says that there came a famine in the land, and he began to be in want. I'd never seen this before. So he's, he's in the middle of a famine. He's begging. He need, he's, he's hungry. But when he goes back to daddy's house, they're working in the fields, and there's a fatted calf. Wait, wait, wait. Y'all missed it. Rewind. In the middle of a famine, at daddy's house, they were working in the field, and there was a fatted calf. There was no famine in the father's house. If he hadn't left the father's house, he'd have never gone through a famine. Because there's no famine in the father's house. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God wants to tell somebody, in the father's house, there's no famine. Uh, Ruth, Naomi, Abimelech, they all go down to, or Ruth didn't go, but Naomi and Abimelech, they go down to Moab because they said there's a famine in the house of bread. But whenever they heard, wait a minute, there's not a famine in, in the house. Let's go back to the house of bread. It's way better in the house of bread. Almighty yeah, right. oh, God. Yeah. I'm so thankful right. to be part of the church. Amen. And so uh, we want to be. We can choose to be submitted to circumstance. We can choose to be submitted to surroundings. We can be. We can choose to be submitted to pride and to self-will. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because all that praise stuff is just cultural, preacher. Don't let me forget to come back to that word. All that praise stuff is just cultural. Or it's personality. It's not my personality. I'm, I'm just... Let me frame this correctly. Clap your hands. Who does it say? All ye people. And shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Joshua, they're, they're walking around the walls of Jericho. They walk around six times, one, one time a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, they walk around seven times. And he says, on the seventh time, I want the trumpeters to trumpet. And I want everybody else to lift up your voice and shout. So there were some folks that were on the instruments. There were some folks that they were talented, they had ability, whatever. I mean, if they asked me to play keyboard, Brother Frankie, I guess if God tells me to play the keyboard, I'll play the keyboard, but there better be a miracle between here and, and there. I, I, could, I, could, uh, I could come up with a joyful n- noise. In other places, that David hired skillful musicians to praise the Lord, and, and he hired skillful singers to bring praise unto the Lord. But that there were some there's some folks that are talented, there's some folks that have ability, there's some folks that, you know, there's some special folks that got stuff I don't have, right? But he says, everybody can shout. Everybody can praise. Everybody. Not everybody can give a ten thousand dollar offering. Not everybody can play a, an organ or a keyboard. Not, every, not everybody can do everything, but everybody can be a praiser. That's exactly right. And so the question is, am I going to be submitted to pride and ego and self-preservation? Or am I going to be submitted to the commandment that says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Man. The last thing that I want to tell you this morning is I think your enemy is confused by your praise. In, uh, in the book of Judges, Gideon... Has, y'all can be seated for a second. In the book of Judges, Gideon is, is, is about to go into battle. It's a fascinating story. How many people did he start out with, Brother Pat? Like 20,000? 20,000? And... Uh, and God says, no, that's, that's too many. Um, tell everybody that's scared, go home. And how many people left? It's like 14,000 went home or something. I'm sorry, I don't have the numbers. You just imagine being Gideon. He's about to go into battle with an army, Brother Brad, and, and two-thirds of them was scared. Man, I might have got killed in the retreat. got trampled. And so so, so many of them went home and... And, uh, and he was left with, I don't remember how many, forgive me for not knowing those, those figures, but God says, nah, that's still too many. And, and uh, so he culled down the crowd a little bit more. He got down to, I think, 300 people. God says, that, that'll work, that'll work. Because I'm not going to give you victory based on the strength of your army anyway. 
And God's not going to give you victory in life based on your strength, your ability. So he, he goes and, I love this story. So this is what I want you to do. Everybody gird your sword on. Put their sword in the sheath, I guess. Gird on your sword. Get you a, a trumpet and, and get you a torch and a flower pot. Or a jar of some kind. We'll put the little jar over top of the torch. I always thought this would be such a fun message to preach in the dark for the text. But, but then we'd have to clean up stuff and hopefully not burn the church down. And I just haven't. Um, if Bishop found out I was walking around in here with a lit torch, I'd get lit up probably. He'd, he'd, anyway. So he says, divide into three different groups. And, and, and you're going to have... Have the torch in one hand. You're going to have the trumpet in the other hand. Notice their hands are full. No sword available. The sword is sheathed. He says, here's what I want you to do. When, when I give you the commandment, I want you to break the pottery, break the vessel so that the light shines, and I want you to blast on the trumpet. And then you're going to shout the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. And so they all got, in, they, they, they got into, into position. They're going against an army that's hundreds of times bigger than them. And they surround them, you know, with this little force. And Gideon gives the word. And they break the, 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 the pottery and they blast on the trumpet. And they begin to shout the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. Okay, now get the picture. They blasted on a trumpet. Tell your neighbor they played the trumpet. Now tell them back. And they shouted. When they played on the trumpet and they shouted, it says, and they stood every man in his place round about the camp and all the hosts of the enemy ran and cried and fled. And the 300, they blew the trumpet and, and the Lord... Listen to this. I'm going to read it to you in the contemporary English version. It says, And the Lord made the enemy pull their swords on each other and, and, and started fighting one another. The enemy army tried to escape from the camp. When they began to shout and worship God, the enemy started to self-destruct. When they started to shout and, and rejoice, pray, play instruments before the Lord, the enemy came to a place of confusion and disarray. I want to tell somebody today, the enemy has attacked your mind. The enemy has attacked your family. The enemy has attacked you whichever way he's, he can find an opportunity. And it's been going on someplace between your ears. You need to make a decision. I'm going to praise God and send confusion into his camp instead of in my camp. I, I just, say that again. Just reverse it. It's not just something we do. It's a sword. It is powerful. If you'll stand to your feet with me. I think everybody in this room knows who Chuck Yeager is. Chuck Yeager was a test pilot from West Virginia, in case you didn't know. Maybe there's some Buckeye transplants in here and you didn't know who Chuck Yeager is. Chuck Yeager 
was one of the test pilots who was attempting to break the speed of sound, be able to fly faster than sound. And there was a saying that went amongst those test pilots. I think they were in, uh, I think it was Edwards Air Force Base in California is where they they did this, this testing. And there was a saying that some people believed that there was a demon that lived at 776 miles per hour. That you could not go past the speed of sound. Because lots of people had tried and lots of people had died. Or they had just lost their nerve. Because what happened, Brother Pat, is as they approached the speed of sound, that plane began to get very shaky. And what's really going on is, is, is air can't get out of the way. And so they, they, they would be pressing against a severe resistance. And that would cause a lot of shaking to happen in, in their plane. And, and some of them would, would, just, would just pull back and, and, and wouldn't try to go on. And some of them pressed on and didn't make it. Whether the plane wasn't, wasn't fit or, or they weren't good enough pilots, whatever happened. But uh, Chuck Yeager got into this Bell X-1. And Chuck gave it the thrusters, man. And he approached Mach 0. 0.9, 0. 0.95, 0. 0.97, 0. 0.98, 0. 0.99. And that plane began to shake. Yes. And as he resisted that force, something happened. That's where the Pat would say. We call it a sonic boom. It's the sound that an airplane makes whenever it passes the sound in front of it. Sonic boom. And now if you live near an Air Force base, you'll hear sonic booms. How many ever heard? I've heard once or twice, heard a sonic boom. But he said, Brother Pat, that whenever he went through that, that invisible wall that had been resisting him, that that resistance that was in front of him became a force that propelled him forward from behind. And I do feel like I have a prophetic word for somebody today. And that is that the enemy has resisted you. And you're in a place of shaking. You're in a place where you feel pressure in front of you. I want to encourage you and beg and plead with you today. Press forward because you're going to break through what's resisting you and what resists you today will propel you forward in the future and that shaking that happened just before that sound went away after they broke through that barrier I don't know what you need today I don't know what barrier you're facing today. I don't know what resistance is coming against you today. But there's a breakthrough power in this place this morning. If you have... I'm not even going to give an invitation except to say, why don't we come together? Why don't you come to the front of this church and press through? We're going to worship. We're going to praise. We're going to shout because He is worthy. But I'm not coming for prayer. I am not coming so somebody will lay hands on me. God, I'm coming to give praise unto the King of kings and unto the Lord of lords.
because it was in the shout that the enemy turned on one another. It was in the shout that the walls came falling down. And it's going to be in a shout and with the voice of an archangel and the last trump of God that Jesus is coming back. I think the church ought to give God a great shout of praise on this morning. Oh, hallelujah.